What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023, and on today's show, I'm joined by Dylan and Jordan from the Boys Down Bad Podcast. These guys were so much fun. Gotta go to a game with them someday. Every guest that I get on, I'm thinking, man, I would love to go to uh, whatever the team is game with these guys they're so passionate. They know everything about Nebraska football. They have an awesome podcast. They have baseball players on. They talk basketball. They talk football. These guys are the le- they're legit, man. They're the real deal. Uh, thank you so much to Jordan and Dylan for coming on. Um, one quick note, one quick editor's note for the YouTubers out there. I have the little scrolling bar. This is the second time I've messed up on it. Messed up on the Michigan State episode just a bit. On this one, I messed up big time. I didn't even edit. I didn't change it at all. So for uh, the boys down bad, I'm going to have to just cut that whole thing out. I'm going to crop it out. No scrolling bar for that part of the interview. But uh, I think that Dylan and Jordan will be okay with that because we can focus right in on them and we can focus on Nebraska Cornhusker football, baby. That's what they like out in Nebraska. None of this nonsense. None of this extra stuff at the bottom. They don't need that. They just want to talk football, dude. And we're going to do that right now. Hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed talking about it coming out right now. All right. Joining me now are two of the members of the Boys Down Bad podcast. They are the experts that we have this year for Nebraska football previewing the 2023 season. Boys, thank you so much for joining the show. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself so everybody knows your name and a little bit about your podcast, too? Absolutely. So my name is Dylan Fitzgerald. I'm Jordan Peters. Um, And we started the Boys Down Bad podcast about a year and a half ago, I would say. Um, Started as just kind of a fun thing we're doing in our basement. um, And it kind of took off a little bit. We started um, finding our niche, interviewing Nebraska football recruits. That's kind of our sweet spot. Nice. Um, So a lot of the the 2022, 2023, 2024 guys we've had on. And uh, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. I was listening to a couple of your uh, most recent episodes. You guys cover more than just football, too. Um, I know we're going to talk about football a lot today, but had a couple baseball guys on the last few episodes. Are you guys just doing football, baseball, or is it all the sports? How's that go? Yeah, we mainly do football, but we've had um, baseball guys on. Um, we had Lauren Stiverns on from the volleyball team um, earlier Nicklin in the Hames. year. Nicklin Hames from the volleyball team. So, um We've also had J.P. Hovey from uh, Bustin' with the Boys on. Oh, wow. He was a, yeah, so we try to just um, spread it out throughout Nebraska athletics as well as kind of pop culture figures, anyone we can get on. So when you guys first got started, one more thing about the podcast, then we'll jump into this football stuff. Uh, how'd you guys, why, why Nebraska? Did you guys all go there, or what's the connection to the school? Yeah, so we all grew up in Lincoln. Um, three of the four guys went to UNL, and then Dylan went to Hastings, so... It was basically, obviously, in Nebraska, we don't have pro sports, so that's basically what we've all lived and died with growing up. So it was kind of just an easy, you know, go-to. Yeah. Our families are big Husker fans, too, so we kind of grew up with it as well. Well, you guys have, like, one of the best fan bases. I I did a poll last year that said, uh, like, to vote on who has the best fan base, like the nicest fans, and Nebraska won. It was, like, going away. Everybody loves your fans, um, so I'm sure you guys have a good following on the show. Um, but I do want to talk about football. Let's jump into this. Um, the off-season stuff that took place, obviously the biggest news was 
at the coach, the head coaching position, uh, Matt Rule joining Nebraska. To me, like as a casual and an outsider, I know that he's bounced around from college to NFL and back and forth a little bit, but it feels like from the interviews that I've seen that Nebraska is home for him. How do you guys feel overall about having him at Nebraska and, you know, a little bit more about what I just said. Does it seem like he's going to be there forever or what do you guys think? Yeah, we talk a lot about on the podcast. Um, we're drinking the Kool-Aid heavy. We are all in on Matt rule. Um, originally when, uh, he was kind of on the hot seat with the Panthers. Um, one of the guys on the pod said, guys, watch out for Matt Rule. If he gets fired, I think we're going to get him um, when we get rid of Frost. And he what was a call. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was insane. Go back. We've got a, we've got a reel about it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we love Matt Rule. Um, I think um, he's kind of the guy that Nebraska needed. Um, obviously, we've been down the, for the past, what, 10 years. Um, and we need a guy to come in and kind of resurrect everything. We thought Frost was going to be the guy. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. It was the best hire we could have made at the time, I think. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, and that's fine. Um, so Rule coming in, we're, we're excited for him. Yeah, Rule, I was very on the fence about it just because I thought it was a very safe option when it was – because, like, Dion was obviously, like, the flashy name out there. Yeah. And then Fickle kind of came into the mix after he was going to leave Cincinnati – so at the time, I thought it was a very like safe hire. Like we're just trying to kind of get somebody in there who we know is the safe, probably going to figure it out in you know four or five years. But I'm all in now. It seems like he really cares, which I know Dylan thought Frost was the guy at, at first. I was very skeptical about it just because obviously he turned around UCF, but I just always am a little bit concerned with him just like I didn't know how much he really like cared about it as a coach I thought he just wanted to be like that guy that turns around Nebraska so I think rule is a much better fit because he actually cares about it especially getting fired from the NFL he's got a little bit to prove which I like Um, he's obviously not coming in on like the greatest note so I think that's huge just because he doesn't want his you know reputation to be a failure in the NFL yeah from again, this is from an outsider perspective, but to me, you guys go from Frost, who was, I mean, not to be mean, but it was pretty much a, he was pretty much a joke in the conference, <laughs> I would say, and then um, instant like credibility when you hire Matt Rule. I think that people like um, automatically have respect now for Nebraska football again, and I think that that's a big thing um, going into year one. And speaking of year one. I don't want to get too far into the schedule because we're going to talk about that at the end, but what would you consider a successful season for him this first year? Sounds like you guys have we, talked about that before. <laughs> we, we just had this debate. I think it was last week's pod, maybe. Yeah, We're kind of split on the pod. So two of us are all in. Two of us are um, not getting their hopes up because they don't want to be hurt. Us two are the all in guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, we want to win a national championship. Like That's the goal. That's what every team should want to do. That's what every fan should want realistically um with our schedule this year i think a successful season obviously would be getting to a bowl game i think we have the potential to win maybe nine games i think that's kind of the target um to where you know it's a great first year for rule if he can get to nine wins yeah absolutely i totally agree with that um also this offseason big across college football the transfer portal this year um, I kind of want to know, I have a picture of, uh, MJ Sherman from, or I'm sorry, from Georgia up on the screen right now. Is there anybody else that you guys gained this year that you're getting really excited about seeing on the field this fall? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Jeff Sims. I know it's kind of the obvious pick, but I just think he's he fits Matt Rule's like scheme so well that I don't think Casey would have been a great fit just because he's very much like pass first, run as like a last option where Sims is fine either way. So I think getting a guy who actually fits into like, especially a year one coach, getting a guy who fits into that kind of build and program, I think that's huge. So, I mean, Jeff Sims, obviously, is going to be the starting quarterback, we'd assume. So, for me, it's Jeff Sims. Yeah. I definitely want to talk more about that quarterback position. Leaving from last year, you just mentioned Casey Thompson. He goes to FAU now. I've, I didn't follow this story at all, so maybe you guys can shed some light on this. Why did he do that? And, like, why didn't he stay at Nebraska? Was he not a fit for rule? So, when did he actually – wait, was it right before the spring game? Uh, I think it was right after the spring game. Was it after the spring game? So honestly, we did, it was a shock to us. Like we had no idea. Um, I think it was it came down to you know Sims played pretty well in the um, spring game. Casey probably thought, hey, you know this is my last year. I don't have another one. If I want to make a name for myself um, after what happened last year, I'm gonna have to go somewhere where I can for sure start. I don't think he wanted to be bat- in a quarterback battle. Um, yeah, that's what I assume. We don't know anything for a fact, but that's what we think. Yeah. All right, so you guys said that you talk a lot about recruiting. Um, is there any guys that are coming in directly this year that are going to impact it? And if not, um, who are some names that we should keep track of for the next coming years at Nebraska? I I would keep an eye out for Malachi Coleman. I think that recruiting process was so in-depth, I feel like, that he's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and redshirt a year. Um, I think Rule really saw I can make a huge impact within not only an in-state kid, but it kid who's from Lincoln so I don't see him coming in and just like sitting I also think just like build wise I think he can go in and play right away I mean his offer list was insane to where he probably would have had to sit at like a Georgia but I think coming in as a true freshman you're going to see a lot of minute, a lot of plays from Malachi Coleman what position yep. was that at uh he'll play wide receiver I'm going to assume okay. I know he played defensive end in high school too but I don't think he wants to get that big and play. have to play both. Gotcha. Um, you also mentioned Jeff Sims. Let's talk about the quarterback position. It's the most important position, obviously, on offense. At Georgia Tech, he had 30 touchdown passes. They have a run-heavy offense, or at least they used to. I haven't really been keeping track of them. But he also rushed for 11 touchdowns. He only threw for 1,100 yards-ish over the course of three years. But, again, they were running the football a lot. What can you guys tell fans about what we can expect from Jeff Sims this year? And also, like I said, don't follow it close enough. He's definitely the starter this year, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't know it for sure, but it's it's Jeff Sims. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a big thing for Rule coming in is he wanted to get back to the Nebraska ways of just running the football. So I think what we're going to see is definitely a run-first offense. We've got some great – uh, returning running backs coming back that are going to be studs next year, um, Anthony Gray and Gabe Urban. Um, but from what I saw in the spring game, um, when Sims was throwing, he's got some zip on the ball that I haven't really seen. I didn't see from Casey. I thought he was throwing the ball really well, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see um, what he can do. Yeah, is is he going to be – like when he drops back, is he going to be one of those guys where you're like, I'm super confident this is going to be a completion? Or is it going to be a situation where you're like, man, I kind of hope he takes off and breaks this thing open? I think it's going to be pretty 50-50. I'm not going to be like – it's not going to be like a C.J. Stroud where I'm like, you know, 
I know unless something completely goes wrong that it's an incomplete or an interception. Right. I'm not that confident, but I think he's not going to like, I think he's going to make a lot of like smart throws and like run at the right times. So, yeah, I mean, it's always a question mark, especially coming in from a program that is very run heavy. Um, I mean, the deep ball is the biggest concern that I saw like during the transfer portal process, but I mean, he's a huge guy big frame i think he can throw the ball well so i'm super excited for him yeah we're we talked about this a couple of weeks ago we're kind of in a, a weird position as fans because this will be our second year in a row where we're starting a transfer quarterback yeah so you go into the first game where you're like you know i don't know i don't know exactly what to expect you're hoping for the best but you know you don't really know yeah well a lot's gonna hinge on who he throws it to um correct me if i'm wrong on any of this i was doing some notes before we jumped on here Obviously, losing Trey Palmer, he had nine touchdowns last year. Um, you get Billy Kemp from Virginia. And then this is the part I'm not sure about because it seemed a little fascinating when I was looking this up. But Marcus Washington is the only wide receiver that's returning that's caught a touchdown pass for Nebraska. Um, I don't know if there's another guy on the roster that's caught a touchdown yet. So a lot of new guys in the wide receiver room. Who's he going to throw it to? Yeah, I I really like what I saw in the spring game from Billy Kemp. I think him coming from Virginia, having experience, he he just looks like a shifty guy who's going to help us a lot. I was doing some research today. I think he's going to be returning punts as well. Oh, nice. So that just to how um, shifty he is and how elusive he is. So um, excited to watch him. Um, and then obviously Marcus coming back. You know, he was solid for us last year. So yeah, I think we're going to see kind of what Wandale Robinson turned into at Kentucky from Billy Kemp. Um, which he had the potential to do here. I think Frost just didn't want to use him as more of like a slot guy. I think we're just going to – I think a lot of the time he's going to be like a safety outlet for Sims where if it's not a deep ball here or like an out route, you're going to have Billy Kemp just like out in space with like a four-yard throw to see what can happen. So I think Billy Kemp is the guy to kind of watch out for, especially in the wide receiver room, not having a lot of guys coming back who have caught touchdown passes. He's been playing football a long time. I was looking up his stats. This is his sixth year, I think, playing college football. Yeah. With all the so, like the COVID year and the transfer rules and everything, I was like, man, this guy is going to be like yeah. old. <laughs> yeah. He is. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's talk about running backs, and then we'll switch over to defense for just a second. The only guy that I really know about is Gabe Irvin. You mentioned him already. Um Two touchdowns over uh, the course of 12 total games played the last two years. Uh, you mentioned another guy, I forgot the name already, that is probably going to be splitting carries with him, I'm guessing. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you expect from the backfield this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be split between Gabe Urban and Anthony Grant. Um, Anthony Grant played most of the games for us last year because um, Gabe Urban went down pretty I mean, early, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um Excited to see what they can do. Um, I don't know if you saw the picture on Twitter of Gabe Irvin in like a, a super tight um, long sleeve shirt. He's looking big. I'm so looking our strength right coach, now. yeah, look it up. It's it's insane. It was going viral on Twitter, but um, we're excited to see what he can do. Um, and we know what Anthony Grant can do. He's he's uh, shifty and he can run people over when he needs to. So. Oh yeah, I'm seeing it right now. The one where he's in the weight room. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> He's looking big. Yeah, our new strength coach, he, he's a beast. So hopefully he's getting the boys right. Jesus, I would not want to tackle that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how I missed. Uh, I, I knew Anthony Grant from last year. I remember watching him play. I don't know why I missed that on the uh, depth chart here. But yeah, he's good too. So you guys should be solid at running back then. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Two good options. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like every year we've got somebody that goes down. So having two guys where we know, you know, they're both good options. It's not like a true, you know, big gap between starter and second string. Yeah. I think that's huge, especially just because in year one, I feel like a lot of weird things are going to happen where you're going to need all hands on deck. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about defense. I admit to every guest I've had on that I don't follow defense as close as I should, and I'm not going to. Um, is there a guy on defense for Nebraska that I can circle this year and say, hey, the boys down bad told me I need to watch this guy, and he is that dude this year. Who should I keep an eye on defensively this year for the black shirts? Yeah, I would watch out for Ty Robinson. He's our nose tackle. Um, something that Rule is bringing in is the three-three-five defense, which is pretty unique. Um, but what's important with that is you got to have someone up the middle who can clog the holes, um, give those backers time to fill, um, especially you know when you're only putting three guys up front when the other team's running the ball. So I, I can see Ty Robinson having a big year, so he's kind of my guy. Yeah, kind of the same way as you. I, I should pay attention more to the defense, but I know offense is just more fun. Yeah. So, I mean, MJ Sherman, obviously, anytime you're getting a guy from Georgia, it's somebody to watch out for. So not knowing a ton about the defense, I would say the guy that just won two national championships, probably yeah. keep an eye out for him. Yeah. I get a lot of flack for that, too. I just went on a Michigan State podcast, and, like, the first comment had, like, a million likes. It was like, this guy doesn't know anything about defense. <laughs> And I was like, you're right. I don't. You're absolutely yeah. right. We're, we're the same way, but, you know, there's a couple guys that can't, they've, when they've been there for a while, um, they stick in your head and you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. This is the fun part. Uh, let's get into the schedule, um, get some predictions out here. I like to start with mine. I have you guys uh, finishing. I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's an upgrade from last year, but maybe you guys have higher expectations than I do. Um, I have you finishing at seven and five, tied with Purdue. Um, but uh, finishing fourth in the Big Ten West. That does put you in a bowl game. Um, I like I like going through these games, like four games at a time, kind of break the season up into thirds. So uh, let's do that. Uh, I have you guys – well, we'll just hear what you guys have to say. My stuff's already posted on Twitter. People that follow me can already look at mine. But um, you start out and you are – let me make sure I get this right because the Colorado game is the first one I see. I knew it was a Big Ten game. You're at Minnesota. Um, you are at Colorado. And then you're back home against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. How do you guys, maybe you differ on this too, but how do you guys see the first four games playing out? You want to take it? Yeah, I mean, I see the first four games as all four wins. Uh, Minnesota, I two of the guys on the podcast, I feel like they're just giving Minnesota way too much praise. I mean, it's going to be a tough game anytime, especially playing on a Thursday, like, or we lose North lose to Northwestern to start the year in Ireland last year. That's not great. So it gives me kind of Northwestern vibes of like, why are we playing before week one? But I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think we beat Minnesota and then I think we beat Colorado easily. And then obviously take care of business at home with Northern Illinois and Louisiana tech. So I see four wins to start, which I know everybody's going to say typical Husker fan, but <laughs> Yeah, I've got us at uh, four zero as well. I, I'm tired of the the week zero games to start the year and the you know Thursday before week one to start the year. 
We just need a cupcake. I, and I don't know why the Big Ten keeps doing this to us. I guess, I, I don't know why either. That's interesting. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Um, I also have you guys at 4-0. So across the board, three, we're all agreeing on that. Um, I'm okay. super. I'm, you can go tell your uh, other. Is it the other two guys that are on the podcast that like Minnesota a lot? Yeah. yeah they, okay. Yeah. Well, go tell them that I have them finishing last in the Big Ten West this year. That's where oh. I have it at. <laughs> we <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> I, I definitely took some uh, heat on Twitter for that one. I've talked about that way too many times, but I don't like Minnesota this year. And then, like you guys said, Colorado's going to stink. And then the other two games are pretty easy. But then the next part of the schedule. Uh, you have Michigan coming to town. You go to Illinois, and then you have uh, Northwestern at home and Purdue at home. How does that shake out? I think uh, – so, okay, let's go through it one by one. Michigan, we know that's probably a loss. Yeah, I, have that I hate loss. saying it. It is at home. You never know. 4-0, Michigan's 4-0. Maybe game day comes to town. Who knows? I don't oh, that'd know. that be fun. But um, – yeah, probably losing to Michigan. Um, and then we got Illinois. Did you say it was at Illinois? Yeah. So we have a lot of these like 50-50 games. Like there are so many teams in the Big Ten that are right around the same um, level, I would say. I mean, that's a 50-50 game at Illinois. I think we get it done there. And then we have Northwestern at home. I think we get it done at home. Northwestern sucks. Um, and then what was the fourth one? Purdue. 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 That's a tough game at Purdue. No, that's at home, too. Okay, at home, I say we win that one, too. Okay. Yeah, I'm. unfortunately, we lose to Michigan. Illinois is going to be tough. I think it's another 50-50 where if Frost was the coach, we'd probably lose just because of coaching. Um, But I think if it's a 50-50, I like Rule's chances. I think we beat Northwestern. And then, I mean, Purdue is going to be tough. I. That's the one where I could see maybe a loss, but I think we'll beat Purdue. (laughs) Yeah. I have it pretty close to the same. I had uh, Michigan, and then uh, I do have Purdue winning that game. I don't like Illinois. I I think you guys probably – I don't know. We'll see what they're going to do because they just lost their defensive coordinator, and he's at Purdue now. So we'll see how that all goes uh, when the season starts. But I had you guys going 2-2 and in the heart of that schedule right there. And then what I think is the most difficult part of the schedule to predict, especially some of the teams you'd never know what you're going to get out of them until you actually see them. And it starts at Michigan state. I mean, you never know with them. And then you're back home against Maryland. You go to Wisconsin and then finish with the team that I picked to win the big 10 West, which was Iowa. Um, how do you see the last four games to go? Does that make you guys upset? Yeah. Ter- I'm yeah. very upset. <laughs> so I think at Michigan state is, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be very good, though. Uh, I think their coach is probably on the way out. I would say. You got that big contract, though. Yeah. yeah he's I, stuck. <laughs> he can't, they I, can't get rid of him. I think he's guaranteed all his money. And they were yeah, so bad last year. It's a year. bad contract. And yes. So they were so high on Mel Tucker because he was at Colorado, right? Yeah. They were just so high on him. And then I think we beat Michigan State. Maryland, I'm fine with. I think we lose to Wisconsin, and I can't say we're going to lose to Iowa. So, three and one, I know it's it's very favorable, but I like I say three and one. I can't say we're going to lose to Iowa. Wait, so yeah, who I, did you say we were? Who did I said we? Who did you say we were going to lose to? Uh, I would say Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Okay, I think yeah, yeah. Two first year head coaches. I think Wisconsin's obviously had a better starting spot than Nebraska is. So. 
I think that's going to be one where we probably lose at at on the road is always tough, even Wisconsin. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, what's uh, what's Iowa's quarterback situation this year? They got you know? uh, Cade McNamara from Michigan, the guy that won oh. the Big Ten championship two years ago. That's why I feel like they're going to be better. They still have that defense, and then they finally got a competent quarterback this year. So the quarterbacks last year were so bad. Oh man, they were terrible. But the problem is they still have the same offensive coordinator. So yeah, that's where like I think McNamara is a good quarterback. I just don't. I was very shocked when he went to Iowa, just because they have no offense. Like, and Ferentz is never going to fire his son. So like, yeah, that was surprising to me, but. Yeah, I think he's good. I just don't know if Ferens is a good OC or not. Yeah, I mean, he's, has... he's not. I'll answer <laughs> yeah. it for you. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that I, I was trying to keep track as we were going through there. I I think you guys said around nine and three. Then I, I, I so. mean, because there yeah. was a couple. I feel like you didn't say for sure, like the Purdue game, and then like the. Uh, I think that was it. Purdue and Wisconsin, I'm not sure. But uh so you're thinking like ten and two, nine and three this year? I think that'd be eight, successful. Yeah, I think eight and four is where like I really am like very conf like that's where I'm most confident. If you had to like gun to my head say, here what do you think we're gonna go? Because I could see losing to Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan. Like those yeah. would be the ones where if we lose, if we just lose those four games, I'm obviously very happy. But I mean, ten and two, I don't think it's completely off the table. Yeah. But I mean, eight and four is kind of where I'd yeah. be very happy with year one. But all this changes if we come out and lay an egg against Minnesota. Oh yeah. Then I'm worried. Then I'm, then <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about that. I have, I have, I'm way too confident in that game. I'm gonna like, I'm either gonna be the smartest man on Twitter or I'm gonna be the dumbest one. Uh, <laughs> week one is I'm gonna figure it out immediately. Um, the Big Ten West always up for grabs, though. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys about this before I let you go. It's the uh, new scheduling format that starts not this year, but next year. How does it affect a team like Nebraska where, like you said, you want to win a national championship, but starting next year to even get to that Big Ten championship, you got to be the best two of 16. Um, do you guys like the new format or did you like the divisions better? So I like the new format. It definitely does not help a team like Nebraska. Like, like in Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, where those are like, there's no way to say that that's actually the best, second best team in the Big Ten with how it's set up right now. Right. I like it in general because it, I think it gives the college football playoff a better picture of who's actually the best because it'll go to 12. So I think it's going to overall be good for college football. I don't love it in Nebraska situation, because I think we have to go, we play like Ohio state, USC, UCLA one year and Michigan and Michigan. So like, that's a brutal schedule. So I think it's good overall. I don't love it in Nebraska's case though. Yeah. The yeah. one good thing though, is if you have a brutal schedule like that, the following year it's supposed to free it up a little bit. So maybe that's the year you could make a push to that. Uh, one of those top two seeds and maybe mm -hmm. still make it to a big 10 championship game. You never know. Yep. Never know. Yep. All right. So on Twitter, also on threads, I just followed you. Is that what it's called? The new app? I just got Thread. it today. I just set it up today. So, so did I. Yeah. A little, uh, 
looks a little bit like Twitter. Didn't get a follow back from you guys though, which was oh, we unfortunate. Didn't? Yeah, man, that was tough. That was tough for me emotionally. Right. <laughs> okay, I just hit you right now. Oh, there it is, right on my watch. Look at that. Let's go. Um, thank you guys. It's Boys Down Bad Pod. When I see it all on the screen in one word, it's hard to read like that. But it's Boys Down Bad Pod. They got the hats. They got the podcast. They got the Nebraska news. Tell everybody where they can find you guys and uh, listen to some more Nebraska action. Yeah, we. you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Boys Down Bad Pod. And then on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, Boys Down Bad Podcast. So we've got a, a good episode this week coming out on Friday. Well, actually, when's this going to air? Oh, this is coming out. So I did it in the order of how people finished last year. So it's it's going to be a few weeks for you guys. Okay, never mind. We'll have some recruit the the Friday after this airs. Um, but yeah, if you could hit us with a follow, we really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Right. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Yep. Once again, that was Dylan and Jordan from the Boys Down Bad podcast. All things Nebraska. You can find them on Twitter at Boys Down Bad Pod. Go check them out. Give them a follow. They're a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for coming on. On tomorrow's show, man, I got two guys that said yes to Rutgers, man. Rutgers has a big fan base, right? They got two people that wanted to come on the show. Rivals Richie. Aaron Breitman. They're both going to be on the show tomorrow. I think I'm going to split it up, though. I'm going to give them both the attention that they deserve when it comes to Rutgers football. Check it out. We only got two episodes left, and then on Friday we got a surprise guest. We'll see you guys in the future.